What's up, everyone? We're back for post-game Locked On Bucks. And uh, 24 hours after we just did a lengthy podcast on Giannis dominating the Thunder, pushing himself into the MVP conversation, he dominates the Hawks and really pushes himself into the MVP conversation. Uh, scoring title within grasp as well. So another dominant performance from Giannis. Some pretty good defense on Trey Young throughout. And even though the Bucks took a while to close out the Hawks, they did get the job done. Six wins in a row. They're in the second seed. There's plenty to talk about. Let's get going. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Hear me on this show Monday to Friday. And also find my work over at ESPN. Joining me, longtime voice of the podcast, founder of brewhoop.com. I said that around the wrong way. I got stuck and didn't know where I was going with Frank's <laughs> intro. It's Frank Madden. And we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every weekday, uh, particularly after another win and particularly after another big Giannis performance. And Frank, look, 27 minutes last night for his 39 points. So by that account, you could say he was just dragging the chain a little bit in putting up the points tonight. 43 points, but he took 37 minutes to do so. He also reeled in 12 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, 15 of 22 from the field, and overall bullied the Hawks into submission or bullied the Hawks into their coach intentionally getting, getting himself an early shower because he'd had enough. He couldn't handle the physicality from Giannis anymore, but the Bucks win this one six in a row. And uh, from early on in this game, Giannis, you could tell, felt like he wanted to overpower this Hawks team. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's obviously played really well in the uh, the East um, Finals last year before before the injury. And, you know, on paper, the Hawks, I mean, they've been a bad defensive team this season. They've always, they're always, you know, trying to kind of cr- uh, patch over the fact that they have Trey Young out on the floor and the limitations that he brings. But, um, you know, Giannis didn't have, hasn't had the best performances here in the regular season against the Hawks and the, the Atlanta games. Um, you know, we've seen Okongwu give him some problems defensively, um, 1v1. But, yeah, I mean, it came right from kind of the word go tonight. This game was was really all about Giannis being that that driving force that, that he so often is. And, um, you know, the uh, DeAndre Hunter... Um, a couple times DeAndre Hunter got matched up on Giannis and in theory, DeAndre Hunter, like maybe should be able to defend Giannis a little bit. He's a good defensive player, pretty good size, obviously not Giannis size. He's more of a kind of three, um, small ball four, but I mean, Giannis blew right by him baseline for a dunk in the first quarter. He was one of the handful of Hawks who, uh, flopped trying to draw an offensive foul and instead just landed on the floor watching Giannis um, get layups, Clint Capella. Um, I don't know how many times Clint Capella uh, went down trying to draw a charge tonight unsuccessfully, but uh, but yeah, this was just another um, masterclass performance from Giannis and, you know, 82 points in 24 hours. Um, 
he's just again kind of at playing on a different level another not not quite a buzzer beater technically on that three to end the first quarter but um for a guy who has generally like never been able to hit threes that are more than like right behind the three-point line uh to do it twice uh twice in as many nights beating the halftime buzzer last night and then tonight i think it was things were technically a 0.5 on the seconds on the clock but um hits that three to end the first quarter punctuating a 17 point performance um they just had a really rough time with them. And I thought the Bucks, um, you know, they, they ran a nice um, slip screen action for him. Uh, I think it was the first possession. Um, usually Giannis sets like real screens early in the game. I sometimes joke that like they kind of save the, the screen slipping for the fourth quarter when they want to get him diving to the rim for an alley-oop. They ran one on the first play tonight. You know, he goes down the lane. Hawks were not expecting that. Hawks are expecting him to set a real screen. He runs down the side of the lane with, you know, where, where, where Trey Young was, which, um, you know, we, we talk about weak side, strong side, wherever Trey Young is, is the weak side. <laughs> you know, I don't think Trey Young is coming down to tag Giannis, uh, d- diving down the lane to the rim. He gets the finish on that one. And um, the left-handed, that first quarter left-handed alley-oop, um, just incredible, right? I mean, we've seen him do that with his left hand, just go up full extension, He's using the left hand because he can't get there with two. The ball's too high, and he just somehow guided another one of those in tonight. So um, he was just in his bag, and the attacking was just relentless. And um, other than that two-point second quarter, 17 points, two points, 12 points, and 12 points for him, um, I think he's up to 29.7 points per game now. So just playing at just such a, such a ridiculously high level right now and kind of doing a little bit of everything. And fortunately, I think – you know, overall, I actually thought this was like a pretty solid performance. You know, I think you would have felt a lot better if the Bucks could have just, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, just extended the lead and just kind of put it away. Um, instead, uh, I, I don't know if we'd, I don't know if we'd call it a, a play with your food type situation. Um, you know, the Hawks obviously are a talented team, um, but they just couldn't quite put them away. Drew Holiday had a, had a really tough night shooting, some bad turnovers. Um, but you know, Chris, Bobby and Giannis were terrific. And once again, the offense just kind of powering the way, although I thought the defense was okay. I mean, I, I didn't think the defense was bad. Didn't feel as, um, low energy defensively as, as, as last night against OKC. I thought, especially in that first half, they threw Trey a lot of different, um, looks and really he was not playing with pace in the pick and roll. And they really kind of made him think a lot in the first half, which I think, you know, was a big part of them getting out to that big lead, him having that slow start. So. Um, yeah, uh, again, not an overwhelming, you know, 20 point win or anything like that, but, um, a game that I think the bucks kind of always had in control and whenever they needed to make a play, needed to get a good shot, they did. And they hit shots. They made them when they needed to. And another, another win to add to the five they had coming into this one. And now they go on a road trip, hoping to continue this positive momentum. So Giannis one for five from three in this game. So I guess. Uh, if listeners out there that listen to the podcast yesterday want to blame us uh, because we suggested, well, when I say we, I'm really dragging you into my own mess here. I suggested maybe he would never miss a three again in his career. Wow. Who uh, knew that that would, that would backfire, right? I know. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, as you pointed to with the record, yeah, they're, they're, they are actually up into uh, second now, uh, overtaken Philadelphia to play a couple more games there. So we'll see uh, how that shakes out, particularly with this uh, road trip coming up here the defense was interesting in this though because just watching this game 
and seeing the way Trey Young was reacting to the way the defense was impacting him, particularly in the first half, as you said, uh, sort of reminded me of the postseason a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about our new sponsor, our new friends, our next partner of the podcast, Athletic Greens. Now, you guys know I try to be at least a little bit healthy. Uh, I, I try my best, but Athletic Greens makes it pretty easy. So you might be asking, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality quali- vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Most importantly, the gut health, uh, all those things uh, there. There's no doubt about that. It also supports better sleep quality. Now, I'm not, not the best sleeper, so uh, this is this just comes in very handy for me. It supports mental clarity, which some people listening to this podcast would suggest I could uh, use some help with as well. And alertness. It's one of the best things. Athletic, Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And it only costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. And it's cheaper than that uh, cold brew habit that uh, you guys have uh, over there. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And, uh, of course, don't forget about our friends also at betonline.net because it's that time of year again. I'm not a big college basketball fan, but my Twitter timeline is starting to be overtaken with the college basketball stuff. So if you're you're into that, you can get all the latest odds, contests, and player props. Betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. It remains the best spot for scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. You can get wagering information on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that's bet online where the game starts. Now, also don't forget about the Locked On Now podcast. I'll be on there today talking about Giannis 43 points. So check it out, the Locked On Now podcast and find out what else was going on uh, around the rest of the NBA. But... On the defense on Trey Young in particular, so at the end of the night, you look at it and you say, okay, well, Trey Young had 27 points and 11 assists. He was 8 for 15 from the field. So, well, he might have had a pretty good night. But I thought in the first half in particular, all the touches that Trey Young was getting were coming at around 12 seconds to go in the shot clock, 13 seconds to go in the shot clock. And he, he, whether it was Javon Carter or whether it was Drew Holiday, the physicality of those two guys, and there was a halftime interview and Javon Carter was like, well, I'm just doing what I do, which I thought was a pretty badass response from him. But overall, it made me think about the Bucs and in the postseason and why their defense can be uh, successful and why it was successful because you saw Trey Young wasn't happy about this. He was constantly talking to the officials about the little touchy stuff that perhaps he sometimes gets called, perhaps sometimes gets called in the regular season that won't be called in the postseason. And it did just make me a little bit excited thinking ahead to Drew Holiday's defense in the postseason, the way Giannis flies around defensively, maybe Brook Lopez, we don't know. We got some good update again today. But overall, this is a very mature and physical team. They like to play physical. And in the postseason... I think that bodes well. Tonight, they weren't calling a lot of those touchy things on Trey Young, but there's no doubt 
you can't really stop Trey Young, particularly when he gets downhill. He's so crafty around those screens. And in the end, in the third quarter, he was able to get loose a little bit, particularly with some of those lob plays. But the physicality, he doesn't like it. And with the Drew Holiday and Javon Carter, we'll see how much he plays in the postseason. But uh, those guys, if you're getting 48 minutes of guard defense across those two, it's going to be pretty difficult for the opposition. And they've played together a little bit. And I wonder if them playing together a little bit allows Drew Holiday to play bigger. We know he can play bigger. And we've spoken about different defensive matchups and how they can work lineups. Maybe that helps. And who knows about George Hill, what he's doing. We haven't heard it from him for a long time. But I just thought they made life really difficult for Trey, particularly in the first half. Yeah, I think, you know, Javon Carter has, has proven a really nice addition, you know, and 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 very timely addition with George being out. Um, you know, look, I, I think it's important to get George back. I mean, I think I think he might still be like the is he still the league leader in in like Plus minus. maybe a net rating swing or something? I mean, yeah, the Bucks have been awesome when George Hill has been on the court, much worse when he's been off it. Obviously, they've been playing well of late, which is a good sign. Um, but I think having Javon Carter, you know, as much as my guy Lindell Wigginton, as much as I when love did he when Lindell could he Wigginton, have possibly twisted his ankle? By the way, the poor fella played three minutes last night and missed tonight with an ankle sprain. I mean, you know, Lindell Wigginton goes goes hard on and off the court, my friend. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's no there's no uh, no rest days for Lindell Wigginton. Yes, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think Carter has been just a really nice addition. You know, think about the fact that you know you get him off the street, coming from the Nets, and to get a guy that you know can slot in right away um, and be just a annoying kind of defensive pressure guy, force teams to just take a little bit longer to get into their offense. You know, a little bit harder to get across half court, a little harder to get into your pick and rolls. Um, you know, he's not big enough, obviously, to you know really bother guys when he's kind of like, you know, once you've kind of turned the corner on him a little bit, then, you know, he's too small to, to really do a whole lot. Um, but, you know, again, for, for where, where this team is right now, uh, just having a guy that can kind of capably um, pressure the ball defensively and then his three-point shooting, right? I mean, I think he came into the game like 11, 9 to 17 or so, something like that. I mean, he's basically been shooting 50% on threes since he came to the box. I mean, for a guy who pretty much just spots ups and, and hits threes on offense, obviously that's that's a really encouraging sign. Not not something we're ex- expecting for him to do the rest of the year, but has obviously been timely and you know a key piece here um, as a guy that kind of comes in off the bench. And I mean, we we saw at various points, right? Like they're trying to run pick and roll. If they try to run small small stuff, you know, if Javon's out there a fair bit with Drew. He's yeah. not just you know subbing in for Drew, but when he's out there with Drew, and then we see it with Wes Matthews as well. I mean, it's just hard for it was hard for Trey to kind of hunt, you know, good good mismatches when you've got you know guys like that that are on the floor and that you know again are going to play with pretty good pretty good you know overall I'd say pretty good discipline. They're going to play physically. You know, we saw Carter got a number of kind of touch fouls, um, and you know, I mean, Trey still has like the softest whistle in the league. I mean, like that like the and one that and like the it didn't matter, but the and one with like twenty eight seconds left, like I. He got like a layup and I still have no idea like what I think it was on calls on West or something. It's just, I mean, some of these foul calls on him are just so soft and it's just, you know, small guy charity, which, you know, we have the opposite issue with, with Giannis. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought they did really well. And and I think a big part of just look, I mean, the Bucks took this game um, by the horns in the first quarter. And a big part of that was Trey just seemed indecisive with the ball. 
And I thought he just was not playing with pace and pick and roll. I mean, I think when he's going quickly again, he, he's a guy that can kind of put the, the defender in jail and kind of, you know, box him out and sort of slowly attack and probe and do that kind of stuff. Um, but I thought he was doing that early and it kind of played in the Bucks' hands and he was just sort of indecisive and kind of just had a hard time making the right reads. And I thought right away in the third quarter, he came out and was much more direct, really attacking the rim, was able to throw a couple of lobs and get the Hawks back in their offense a little bit better. And of course, Bucks, as usual, still have their crappy third quarter, relatively speaking, outscored by seven, which is very bad. Um, so some things, unfortunately, on the negative side, also continuing. But overall, you know, I think when you look at the Hawks, um, if you if you can keep Trey from just going like completely nuts, I mean, I watched the Hawks play down the stretch against the Bulls the other night, and you know, Trey got loose and scored like 39, right? So <laughs> you avoided that three out of nine on threes. You know, they were all pretty much like very long threes. It's not like he was taking easy threes tonight. Um, hit a couple of very long ones, but for the most part, I thought they you know, maintain pretty good discipline on him. And yeah, I mean, he got some things going late and grifted some fouls as he often does. But for the most part, I thought Bucks did a nice job and, you know, they didn't really let kind of the big guys feast um, too much on like, you know, uh, lobs and stuff like that all night long. So, um, so generally pretty good. And um, especially not feasting John Collins, who I always say that like, I, it feels like John Collins hits every like contested, mid post jump shot he takes. So I need to call myself out here because John Collins did not hit any of those, nor did he hit literally any other Anything. shot tonight. <laughs> he was 0 for 9. He was 0 for 9 tonight, which is pretty wild. Um and he also got cooked repeatedly by Chris Middleton a few times on switches. Uh it was uh it was a pretty rough night for John Collins. But um again, Hawks have been kind of a weird, you know, they I mean one of the most disappointing teams, I would say for sure this year. Um a team that obviously had really high expectations after the run to the East finals last year. I, I think, I think we were, we're, I think we were joking at the end that, you know, Trey had made some comments earlier this year about, I mean, come on, Frank, they know, had a, they had, the, the, they had a long run last year. They're struggling <laughs> for motivation. Just cut, yeah, these, no, cut these guys a break. Yeah. No team has, has shifted from like young, hungry, trying to fight for the playoffs to like, we're over it. And uh, we can't motivate ourselves for the regular season as quickly as the Hawks, apparently. And, um, you know, they're they're in a pretty precarious spot. Um, you know, obviously, the, they, they beat the Bucks the, the previous couple times we saw them, including when they snapped that extremely long home losing streak, which I still don't understand how they could have lost, you know, every home game for whatever it was, two <laughs> months. But, um, you know, they're they're in the 10 spot now. Uh, they'd have to play. I mean, again, the, the 7, 8, 9, 10 are the Raptors, Nets, Hornets and Hawks. And the, Horn the Raptors have been struggling with Fred Van Vliet injured, but, you know, with Fred Van Vliet healthy uh, and obviously the Brooklyn Nets with, with a healthy KD and Kyrie, um, man, the Hornets have been struggling as well. But, I mean, the Hawks are staring down the barrel of, of not making the playoffs at all. And, I mean, they're, they're only, you know, a game up on the Wizards who are, who are in 11th and feels like the Wizards shouldn't be anywhere close to a play-in spot. So just a weird year for the Hawks. And again, just, I think underscoring how hard it is for young teams and how often, you know, the evolution of a team, a young team growing up, growing, building, getting better. It just isn't linear. Right. I think that, you know, we, we went through this in Milwaukee in the 2014, 15 season when 
you know, they come back from that horrendous year before, you know, go from 15 wins to 41. And then every, everyone expects the next year that, oh, you're not, now you're just going to make the next big progression following that. And it didn't happen, right? <laughs> Basically took until Mike Budenholzer showed up a few years later um, for the Bucks to kind of make that, that next big leap. And obviously the Hawks, I think, are just kind of going through that, that reality check this year. But um, too bad, so sad. Sorry, sorry, Hawks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, we're, we're obviously concerned about it this, you know, looking at this from the Bucks angle. And, um, you know, I, I think tonight we, we've been spoiled of late with Drew, Chris and Giannis just kind of seemingly every night going off and putting up huge numbers tonight. Chris was again, very good. 23 points on 17 shots, eight assists, one turnover, and just super timely. You know, I thought Chris just every time the Bucks needed a bucket or Giannis wasn't on the floor, I thought Chris really responded well. And his driving game, I thought, was really good tonight. Drew, much uh, much more uneven night, but thankfully he did hit that three out of a timeout midway through the fourth quarter um, off a really nice design play that kind of, I think, extended the lead from six to nine again. But um, but again, I think, uh, you know, the nice part about this Bobby Portis season is it feels like if one of Chris or Drew is not performing at a high level, Bobby Portis will pop up. And, you know, again, tonight, 23 points, 15 rebounds, a couple blocks, including a pretty big one. I think it was like he got it on Bogdanovich on a drive. Um, so again, I mean, you know, we've toyed with the idea of, you know, should the Bucks consider starting like surge as preparation for when Brooke comes back and things like that. I mean, Bobby Portis has been really good and Giannis and the starting lineup has been very good with him and he just deserves a, a ton of credit. And, you know, I think we'd all say like we don't we don't begrudge any you know Bobby any of these these uh these opportunities to start. He's he's earned it and um you know we'll see kind of what happens here. Um hopefully we see Brooke Lopez back sooner rather than later and what happens in the playoffs, but um he just continues to to really earn all these minutes, you know, no matter who who else might be available for the Bucks. No, he absolutely has. And now that we've seen those those videos with Brooke Lopez again that I mentioned and Bud said pregame that he's been getting through five on five really encouragingly. Uh, the herd have been helping out uh, with with that, and uh, Bud just took a little shot at Maine. By the way, he's like, you know, we're really fortunate that the herd didn't have to go down to Maine or something like that. And I was like, well, I wonder why that was the first uh, G League team that came to us. But anyway, we understand the Bucks. It's been very fortunate that they had Bobby Portis on the roster this year. Clearly, there was massive savings on the contract that Bobby Portis has. But if you're into massive savings, particularly when it comes to your automobile, then you should check out our friends at rockauto.com because uh, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You can get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump for 353 bucks, or it is 353 bucks at a chain store, I should say, 216 bucks at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've got everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Uh, Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. And when you do go to the website, rockauto.com, and check out all the parts available for your truck, just write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. But one one point on on the um, kind of tying out the, the, the savings. Oh, okay, sorry. Savings yeah. as well. Um, I think two two of the four quarters ended with 
Trey Young having the ball and not being able to get yes. a shot off. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't remember. I think it, it must have been the second quarter and the third quarter because Giannis hit the shot at the end of the first quarter. Um, but, you know, especially end of that third quarter, the game had gotten, you know, much tighter than, I mean, the game was within seven at that point. The Hawks had the ball, and I think it was Drew that kind of poked away. Trey had to go all the way back to almost half court, and Drew was then right there, you know, defending him as soon as he picks it up. And, you know, he could have thrown like a Hail Mary, but I think Trey was a little concerned about his three-point percentage uh, to even try a shot, a shot at that point. Um, but, uh, you know, similar story at the end of the second quarter. Um, he, I think he came up, was in the middle of the floor, and, you know, thought he was going to make a pass, picked up his dribble. Bucks did a nice job cutting off his passing angles, and um, you know, ultimately they just didn't even get a shot off. So, um, you know, third quarter problem still an issue, but uh, you'd certainly look at the way the Bucks finished quarters with Giannis hitting that three to end the first quarter and then two consecutive, you know, jobs, of, you know, again, stonewalling the Hawks and, and Trey to even prevent them from getting shots off in the second and third. Um, yeah, that was important. And again, especially in that third quarter, I mean, they, they played well for most of that third quarter. They were fine. And then really kind of started to bleed points at the end of it. Um, so uh, again, just not able to put together a full 12 minute third quarter, but fortunately, um, win after win here, it, it hasn't come back to bite them. And you mentioned Wes Matthews. And I think if I remember correctly, at the end of the second quarter, Wes Matthews was the guy that was sort of right up in, in, uh, Trey Young when he didn't, he just held onto the ball. Uh, I think in the third quarter, he was trying to, he thought that one of the bumps from Drew, he was going to get a foul as well, which comes back to the point. Uh, you were making earlier, but Wes Matthews played 20 minutes tonight. Now he only played five last night and we spoke a lot about looking after guys and who would play big minutes and, and really no one played big minutes last night in Oklahoma city, but Jordan Wara was kind of the, uh, the sacrificial minute eater in Oklahoma city. He played 39 minutes. I think it was against the thunder. And then, and then with, with, I did did not realize that. Yeah. and And then back with tonight, then you play Atlanta, a team that, you know, he probably doesn't want anything to do with Jordan Warrior in those in those switches that the Hawks were trying to set up. He's like, okay, we're going to West in, in this matchup. And obviously Javon Carter played big minutes and Jordan Warrior back to to 13. But he had that moment in the against uh was it Phoenix or whatever game he played during a stretch. But I thought it was interesting when I saw that high minute load last night, what was going to happen with him tonight. And I think for the most part, uh, Bud was riding it out uh with Jordan against the Thunder. Um, the other thing that I just have to say, and I can't sit here and say that I've watched the Hawks a whole bunch this season. So it might be something that's directly tied to the Bucks, and because they are such a threat in transition. But this goes all the way back to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But if you were a Hawks fan and you had to watch that team constantly giving those fouls in transition as soon as the opposition has the ball, I, I don't know, maybe... I don't think that I could sit there and say that this is enjoyable to watch. And some of them tonight, there was one that was a genuine three-on-three transition play and Lou Williams just grabbed Drew Holiday by the arm. Yeah. And it's just, I, I know we've discussed it and there's probably not even too much to, to talk about, but I just want to say Atlanta, in my opinion, from what I've seen, the worst offenders, particularly when it comes to playing Milwaukee, it's just it's just terrible. It's just annoying to watch and uh, I don't like it. They've got to do something about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm surprised that this seems like such a no-brainer to to turn, you know, sort of the intentional take foul, formerly known as the Euro foul, but I mean FIBA has legislated this away, so it's pretty unfair to call it the Euro foul at this point. Um, it's really easy to solve this, right? I mean, you just give 
as FIBA's FIBA's basically just said, all right, refs, you call it on the spot referee discretion. If you think it's just an intentional foul, stop a play, it's two free throws in the ball. Um, I think the G league has done their own version of this. I think it's one shot in the ball. Um, you know, Hey, I would say two. Get, make it two shots, right? If it's like a blatant foul that a guy's not playing the ball and he's just trying to stop a fast break, just make it two fouls and make it two shots in the ball. I mean, basically do it the same thing as um, as what you do currently on um, clear path fouls. And the upside is we we still waste so much time trying to figure out if clear path fouls um, are like technically meet the criteria. Well, guess what? Like every clear path foul would, would be a take, it's basically a yeah. take foul, yeah. you know, yeah. like if you just told the referees, like, you know what, guys, you are supposedly the best at what you do. So we're going to ask you to make it, make a call. If a guy is making a legitimate plan of the ball, or if he's just trying to stop the fast break, and if he's doing the ladder, make it two free throws in the ball, um, you would get rid of basically all those reviews for clear path fouls. And you would strongly disincentivize defenses from screwing around with, you know, plays that just aren't basketball. Right. And, um, and, and that's kind of the funny thing, right? Like I, I think back a few years ago, I, I haven't heard anybody really push back on the idea of instituting a take foul penalty like this. Um, you know, I, we had, we had that whole argument about, um, you know, hacker, uh, situations a few years ago. And it's, it's just so, it's so weird to me, like that people were against, you know, basically putting in rules that would prevent teams from just intentionally fouling bad free throw shooters off the ball because it's just like i always ask i always ask two questions one is this good for the product from a viewing experience do fans enjoy this are are fans around here saying like i really appreciated that take foul or man watching you know the the opponent hack deandre jordan or whoever when he's 50 feet from the ball that's that's basketball right no and two is kind of what i was just alluding to but like is this actually a measure? Is this actually like part of what you would say, like proper basketball? Like, is this, you know, and to me, like, I guess I can kind of say like, you know, Hey, taking not an intentional foul, but like if a guy's got a layup and, you know, you slap him on the arm, whatever, like, okay, if it's not in dangerous ways, like, yeah, that, that I'd say is like, it is part of the sport, right? You wish you guys just would more seriously contest, but you know, just grabbing a guy because it's a fast break. Like what a, non-basketball thing to do and fast breaks are like the most exciting part of this sport yeah <laughs> something that fans love i don't know i'm preaching to the choir obviously kane but, but um, by the way i mean it seems atlanta, like an obvious thing to do well atlanta are a really entertaining team as well they've got a bunch of yeah. high flyers so that's why it's it it works both ways uh, by the way i cover the nbl uh here in australia and they're they have fiba rules so they also have the unsportsmanlike uh two free throws and the ball and I've had people ask me, yeah, but it's like difficult to, to tell. And I can tell you right now, it's not difficult to tell. They can still give fouls if they need to late in games. The defender jumps in front of the guy, swipes at the ball. It's a lot different to grabbing someone literally from behind or their arm or anything like that. The, the, the referees are, are smart people. It's very, very easy to tell whether it's an intentional foul or someone's making a play at the ball. Even if the result is technically the same. It at least forces you somewhat to at least pretend that you're trying to uh, play some defense. So anyway, I just think, you know, watching that game tonight, I was, uh, our, our friend Eric name, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter during the game, but he was, uh, 
he was <laughs> he was tweeting like, "Oh my goodness, did anyone see that great basketball play from Lou Williams?" <laughs> and and the like. So anyway, it's just ugly to watch. Uh, but Giannis is ugly to watch, and we'll be talking about Giannis on the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm on there tonight. Uh, we're going to record here in just a little bit. So if you finish with us, and for some sick reason you want to listen to me talk more, you can listen to the Locked On NBA podcast, and we'll recap everything that's going on across the league uh, for tonight. Uh, Bucks and Warriors. Now, it's my understanding that Draymond Green is said he's coming back a couple of days after this, so there'll be no Draymond yeah. in this game. So the Bucks. Uh, purely for the sake of the win-loss, maybe not for our entertainment value, but for the win-loss uh, aspect, the Bucks catch a little bit of a break there, but they go out west for a few games. And uh, like I mentioned to you, and I, I don't know whether you ended up looking it up or you have any idea, but the Bucks, to me, I can't remember. They haven't been in the number two seed for quite a while. Now, it might only last until literally tomorrow, uh, depending on what happens with this Philadelphia and Brooklyn game. But nonetheless... Go see, Nets. See, go Go Nets. <laughs> Go Ben Simmons. Go Nets. Go KD. I'm. I'm. I am just. Uh. I mean, we let's just be Kevin Durant fans for your night. Yes. Okay. Let's just say that. We can do that. And, and also, what we also want is Joel Embiid to score twenty points max. So then Giannis will take clearly uh, the scoring title. By the way, I, I tweeted afterwards that Giannis was just a fraction behind Joel Embiid. The Bucks tweeted that he is actually the scoring leader. I think if you go to the fractions, uh, Joel Embiid is like twenty nine point seven three. Giannis is like 29.68 or something like that. So Giannis, I don't think there's no, the NBA is going to the decimals, right, Frank? There's never been a tied scoring. If they're both 29.7, we're going to a second decimal place, surely. I, I have to think so. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think back. I think the, um, I, I know there, there, I mean, there's been multiple things written about um, when George Gervin and David Thompson dueled on the last day of the regular season, um, I don't think it came down though to like a tenth of a uh, of a of a of a point or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I I would say just yeah, use your use your calculator and just go out another decimal point. Um, but uh, as I was saying yesterday, I'm all about getting the thirty points per game. So um, yeah, the 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 the, I mean, he 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 added another point three points per game uh, tonight. If we, so, by the way, it um, felt like it should have been harder to do than it was. Like it, it, it was a, it was a nice little bump he got tonight. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, it is just crazy looking at. I mean, we were kind of playing around with some of the stuff after the game, and, and just, just looking at his splits since, um, since Christmas. Right, he had COVID. He comes back on Christmas Day, has the monster game against the Celtics, and I, I think I'm. Trying to remember what it was off the top of my head. I think it was like 32 points a game, something like that. Since then, the last three months, he's been above 31 points a game each. Basically, every month he's he's like it was like 31, then 32, then 33 from January through March. I mean, it, it is just crazy how much um, you know he is just taking it to teams. And I think since Christmas, he's like 65% true shooting. I mean, he's just been on an absolute heater. And by the way, I think. Drew and Chris are both above 60% true shooting since Christmas as well. So the Bucks offense, you know, since January 1st, I think I mentioned yesterday, fourth, they were their fourth in offense, 18th in defense. So uh, defense that 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 uh leaves something to be desired. But uh, but yeah, the offense has just been stellar and Giannis obviously the catalyst for all that. And you know, tonight just another um just incredible performance where you know the, the Hawks just had had really no chance of stopping him. 
So as we wrap up this podcast, I think uh, we should, and we always say we appreciate the listeners that we have and the comments you leave. I always try and reply, particularly on, on YouTube, to any comments that uh, you guys leave. Uh, we love all our listeners. And I think that we should do a better job of uh, reading out some of the comments that we get uh, from our excellent listeners. So I'm going to finish today's podcast with a comment from Lucas Redekop, uh yesterday. Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. After the postgame pod against the Thunder, he said, another great pod by two intelligent men who are smart. <laughs> so, I mean, you were fishing. You were fishing for that. You you fished for that comment by by uh, when yesterday when you were talking about how people don't think we're smart and trying to get some credit. So, Lucas, delivering. Thank you, Lucas. We we appreciate you. Uh, I don't I don't know. You getting you getting a little bit of a big head cane over this. I don't know. I don't know if that that was the best thing for us, but uh, we we appreciate Lucas doing what he can. Lucas, uh, a wise man, and like all our listeners, very attentive to the content, so we appreciate it. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. Uh, I did this last time. I haven't reached out to Camille yet, but I haven't caught up with Camille this week. So, Camille, as you're listening to this podcast, this is a formal request. If you would like to podcast tomorrow, I would love nothing more than to hang out with you uh, tomorrow evening in the lead-up to Bucks and Warriors, so we'll be able to talk uh, plenty about that game. Uh, and we'll probably have some reaction from Brooklyn, Philadelphia as well. So there might be some fun to be had on tomorrow night's podcast. So make sure you join us there on YouTube or wherever it is. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, but for now, for Frank and myself, take it easy.